five, four, three, two, one. Boom, we're live. What's up, guys? It's been a while. Welcome in. Welcome to episode 164. This is the G Meeker MMA show. It is your host, Gabriel Hernandez, aka the King, aka whatever the fuck you want to call me. We're live on a Sunday. Sunday, November 18th, 2018. Originally, we were supposed to be back on Thursday, the 15th. But, been busy. Had a lot of things going on. Been a little lazy. It's been cold as fuck outside, if you've been paying attention. And for anybody that's in California, anybody that's paying attention to the news, you know that California is on fire right now. So, meaning that you know, there's a bunch of smoke in a lot of these surrounding cities, more notably Sacramento. If you're in the San Francisco area, it's there. If you're near Stockton, if you're near like Modesto, places like that, if you're a local area in the Central Valley, there's a bunch of fucking smoke everywhere. We're on fire. There's a lot of fires. Over 60 people have been confirmed killed in this entire fire. And hopefully the toll doesn't rise. I haven't looked at it necessarily, but hopefully that toll doesn't rise. It's been pretty crazy. So, like I said, it, it, on, on top of this thing, it's it's funny because it's cold as fuck outside. 30-something degrees. It's, it's almost December. It's winter. And yet, there's smoke in the air that can be harmful to people with asthma. And just in general, the air quality isn't the best. So that's what I've been up to. It's been cold. Um, I've just been relaxing. I've just I've just been doing a lot of things. I haven't thought about. The, I haven't stopped thinking about um, coming back on and stuff. Like a lot of stuff's been happening. Got a lot of things to recap today. Um, I just wanted to quickly get into that and tell you guys just what everything has been up. Sorry to anybody that missed the show last week. The most important part is we're back this week and on a fucking Sunday. So I'm in my like I said I'm in my pajamas. I'm in my sweater, I have my sweater on, I have my shirt on, obviously I'm not butt naked or anything, um, I have my sweats, sweater, shirt, underwear, socks, I'm good, just need a cup of coffee to go on the side, but anyways, I got this pipe over here too, so I can get fucking high, we're gonna, we're gonna have, we're having a good time today, um, let's not waste any time, I wanna let you guys know before we continue, that if you haven't already, Please do so. We are available on Spotify podcast tab. Search up the Jimmy Kimmel Show. It's available on Spotify. Tune in from iHeartRadio if you're an iHeartRadio fan. Um, we've got Castbox. There's Podbean. There's Podbay, um, and etc. We're available on all those major platforms. So Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Podbay, Castbox, and Player.fm. Um, also available on Google Podcasts as well as uh, as well as Google Play. Thank you guys for joining in. Like I said, we got a great show. Let's not waste any time. We have a little bit of last week's schedule for today's podcast, so I'm going to add in a couple of things because we did just have a UFC and Argentina wrap up last night. Um, beautiful knockout by Santiago Ponzinibbio defe- defeating Neil Magny, I think, in the fourth round by knockout after a barrage of devastating leg kicks and you know potentially <laughs> like a fight ending. Uh, vicious leg kick, so um, Ponte Nibio continues to look good, defeated Neo Magni, um, Cynthia Calvillo returns after her suspension from USADA for marijuana, I do believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, and she re- dis- dis- successfully defeated uh, 
I don't remember the girl's name. I feel bad. But, yeah, so congrats to her. We'll talk about all that. We'll talk about, um, obviously, last week's fights as well. The amazing comeback from Yair Rodriguez. You know, the, the overhand elbow, whatever you want to call it. You know, the Hail Mary of Hail Marys. I mean, if you thought Derek Lewis's comeback against Alexander Volkov was crazy, look at the fight ending blow sequence that Yair landed on the Korean Zombie. And arguably a fight that was 2-2. A lot of people thought... It was all the way for the Korean zombie. A lot of people thought it was mixed. Um, but obviously, Yair put an end to everybody's speculations by delivering that crazy elbow. So, all right. Let, run down today's lineup. It's kind of in the same order. I like to read the list. That's the way I like to do things. So, we'll start off doing that. Um, so, it was UFC's 25th birthday celebration when um, a, couple, uh, a week or so ago. So, 25 years is fucking... Long time. It seems relatively young because if you look at a 25 year old, it's yet relatively young. But sports been around for a long time. It's longer in MMA years because there's a lot of fights happening in the year. It's not just like one fight per year or anything. It's not like the UFC's just you know. It, it's been it's an organization that's been around for 25 years and it's a long time considering where the sport has come now versus back when Hoist Gracie won the first UFC, back when Vitor Belfort became the uh, heavyweight tournament champion in one night. Um, you know, before the days of Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner. Beautiful. A lot of, a lot of years to celebrate. A lot of fantastic fights. A lot of growth. We've seen a lot of um, amazing change. Birth of new weight classes. Women added into the UFC. A lot of exciting stuff. So, obviously, happy birthday to, happy belated birthday to you, the best um, and worldwide leader in sports Mixed martial arts, combat, sports, UFC, baby. Obviously, UFC fight night, Korean Zombie versus Yair Rodriguez recap, like I said. Co-main event, Donald Cerrone versus Mike Perry. We'll talk about Donald Cerrone's victory, where he goes from there. The unfortunate Chaz Skelly stoppage. Um, Also, the return of Yair Rodriguez, defeating Chen Sung Jung by knockout in 4 minutes and 59 seconds of round number five arguably could be touted as the best comeback in UFC history. TJ Dillashaw versus Henry Cejudo for the UFC flyweight title it was reported that it would be Henry would move up to Bantamweight to fight TJ, but instead they are doing it at the flyweight, uh, in the flyweight division. People, uh, TJ has said he wants to be last champion down there. He wants to make history. He wants to be a two-division champion down there. He wants to win that belt and go right back up to 35. So that seems to be the plan for him. Um, we'll talk about fights that we would like to make in 2019. Um, also, another unfortunate thing in our world, outside of combat sports, an unfortunate um passing of one Stan Lee, the godfather of Marvel, the creator of the Avengers, of Spider-Man, of Captain America, the godfather of all of our favorite childhood movies. Stan Lee passes away at 95 years old. Unfortunate, no, he lived an amazing and a fantastic life. He's, he's responsible for creating history. He's a part of history and he will forever be honored. So, um, what his legacy means. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of my favorite Stanley moments. My last Stanley cameo movie that I watched. Pretty interesting. Um, Yoel Romero wants Anderson Silva. A lot of us wanted to see Yoel Romero versus um, Paulo Costa. 
Um, what do I think of Anderson Silva? Obviously, he's been cleared to return since October, so he's all good to go. It's just a matter of getting him a fight and, and having a venue to, to dish it out at. Preview of Thanksgiving, too. Also, we're just reading down the list. If you guys think I'm just being random, I'm reading right down a list. Preview of Thanksgiving, what I have planned for Thanksgiving. I did buy a turkey, so Turkey Day is fucking amazing for people, especially if you're if you're under if you're under the influence as well, if you get what I'm saying. Tito Ortiz or Chuck Liddell 3 fight breakdown. We'll talk about the benefits of Tito. We'll talk about the benefits of Chuck. It's pretty exciting because I was a kid when these guys first fought, so I wasn't able to break it all down, but now I'm getting the opportunity to break it down. I never thought I'd be able to say that. That's exciting. Um and going back a few weeks to the MMA trade between Ben Askren and Demetrius Johnson, I thought it would be cool to create a top three fantasy MMA trade that I would personally like to see. Because since you want to trade Ben Askren for Demetrius Johnson, who other what other people that have established a legacy inside of the Octagon would be one to go over to another organization and do just as well? I mean, there's none other better than Demetrius Johnson, but if he could come up with some, uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be saying them freehand. I'm, I don't have them written down. I haven't thought about them. I'm gonna think about them live, and that's the thing. Um, Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum. We have a good show today, by the way, motherfuckers. Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum, targeted for UFC 234 in Australia. Actually, it is confirmed by the UFC, so we get a middleweight title fight for UFC 234 in um, Australia, Robert Whitaker's hometown. Our homeland, uh, Brisbane, Australia, I think. No, not Brisbane. Uh, I'll, I'll look that up later. Um, and just a little, you know, it's been brought to my attention. Just the amount of events we have in the, in the, in the whole, in the year of uh, of 2018. Just the, this, all the fights that UFC puts on, all the fight cards. Um, just wanted to give a little bit, couple thoughts on, you know, how hard it is to keep up. And, you know, a lot of people saying that the UFC puts on too many fight cards and, you know, it's hard to keep up with a lot of them. And it's hard to see, you know, a lo- there's a lot of fantastic fights that people are, th- that are on those cards. I think m- m- more than, more than definitely, there's a lot of cards. A lot of fights are on those cards. I just want to give my opinion on the amount of cards that the UFC puts out. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of different arguments about it, and I wanted to give my thoughts. It's overall positive. I enjoy all the fight cards. It's a little bit overwhelming. I, I mean, I do pay attention, but to the main, more so the main fights, unless it's like a UFC 232 with Gustafson, Cyborg, John Jones, Amanda Nunes on the card. I'm going to watch the whole card if there's fantastic fights. If it's a huge fight card, I will watch it. But anyways, we're 10 minutes in. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Yair Rodriguez's four minute and fifty nine second finish of Chan Sung Jung. It was a beautiful. It was a, it was a back and forth fight. It was a hard fight. It was a war. Korean Zombie kept coming forward. Yair kept coming forward. Neither of these men had any quit, and them both were trying to win. Yair really desperately was trying to win. A lot of people were saying that he was down. He was down. Arguably could have been down the whole fight. Comes back, lands a beautiful overhand. Elbow, as weird as it sounds, I don't even know what the fuck to call it. Beautiful finish. One of the craziest elbow techniques I've ever seen. And, you know, he's victorious. He's come back. I don't think he's fought since May of 2017 last year when he got beaten down by Frankie Edgar. So, he's banged up, obviously. The favorite thing for me to do, the favorite thing for a lot of people to do, is once a a, a huge star with that much potential as Yair comes back people want to match make that's the way it works hold on 
I'm answering a message. But yeah, what I was saying is that when they come back, you know, you know, look at look at Sage, Sage Northcutt, look at Paige Van Zandt. You got stars like uh, Mickey Gall. You got obviously here we go, right here, Mike Perry. All these younger stars. Um, when they when they come off of losses like that, it, it makes it more exciting for because you know they're young. It's not like it's the end. Yair Rodriguez had one slip up against Frankie. Um, he comes back. He looks excellent. He does what he needs to do. He gets the victory over Chan Sung Jung, and now it's time to matchmake for a lot of people. What would I like to see? Uh, maybe like a matchup with Cub Swanton or something like that. That would be an excellent fight. Does Cub have anything booked? Cub Swanson, maybe a Jeremy Stevens. That's a very dangerous fight, but um, Jeremy Stevens always brings it. Um, I think both men are going to come forward in that fight if that was if that fight were to fall through, um, and like not fall through if it was were to come together. I feel like that would be a fun fight. I mean, Jer I know Jeremy Stevens tweeted after the fight. I think that would be an excellent. Um, it would be an excellent fight. Jeremy Jeremy definitely packs a punch. He's always dangerous. I mean, his last fight, he was stopped with a liver shot. It's not like he was knocked out or badly beaten down. It was a cl close fight. He had Josie Aldo in lots of trouble. Possesses a lot of power and everything. His knees, his punches, his elbows, his kicks, his submissions, his wrestling. Great wrestling, too. Great fighter. Iron chin. Pre can pressure. Has a lot more power than Korean Zombie, that's for sure. Definitely give Yair a lot of problems, so that could be a next fight for Yair. Or if Yair wants to get, you know, on get a little bit more momentum and go after somebody who has a win, who's coming off of a win, maybe a potential rematch with Frankie Edgar down the line. That could be a, rematch, a potential fight for him, a big fight, main event. Who knows? But you know, for right now, we're gonna let him heal up. That was a great fight. Um, down to the co-main event. Mike Perry versus Donald Cerrone. Mike Perry, uh, you know, I thought about it like this. You know, was it going to, which which version of Cowboy was going to show up? Because Mike Perry does p pack huge power. He's a prolific finisher. He's a devastating, he's a devastating knockout artist. Puts a lot of pressure on you. He's very aggressive. He swings to knock you out. And with a guy like Cerrone, I mean, I'm sure Mike Perry probably weighs a lot more than Cerrone does. Walking out of fights. You know, like out of fight camp. Or out of fight shape. He's a bigger guy, he's more thicker, a lot more muscle mass. It was going to be a fun fight, you know, stand-up. Stand-up-wise, I feel that it would have been a little bit more on the side of Cerrone because he has he's a lot more talented of a kickboxer. I mean, Mike Perry possesses power. He can punch hard. You know, he has those vicious elbows, that KO of Jake Allenberger that he did. That was vicious. Um, but I think when it comes to experience-wise and overall well-rounded, I think it was Cerrone. I mean, if you look at the finish, who thought Cerrone was going to defeat Mike Perry by submission? I didn't think so. I thought maybe it would have been like a unanimous decision, a real technical unanimous decision. I thought maybe Cerrone would be more careful with him because, you know, obviously he has a lot on his plate. Um, he's fighting in his hometown. He's a huge main event. He's a co-main event. I made it. Um, his son, he, he's fighting as a father for the first time. His son was in the octagon. Beautiful victory uh, celebration with him. Um, and that was a beautiful armbar, the way he stepped over. I didn't like how Mike Perry was staying in his guard. You know, any time he got, he he was staying in the guard. And there was a lot of clear open spots, I feel like, that he could have gotten up. Don't play the game. He went for the takedown. He played Cerrone's game. People forget that Cerrone is that good on the ground, but they forget about it because he's so damn good at knocking people out as well. Great submissions. 
caught Edson Barbosa with a jab, took his back, and choked him out. You guys remember that? So Donald Stroney schools Mike Perry. Beautiful armbar. Do believe he broke Mike Perry's arm, if I'm not mistaken. But, and, but you know, he gets, the, he gets the job done. He announces his move back to 155 pounds. There's some crazy bullshit rumor going around that Conor McGregor versus Donald Cerrone is going to be a thing. It's kind of awkward. I don't really see it coming together. It's kind of weird. Um, but, you know, if it happens, it happens. I will watch it. I will tune in just as all you guys would. All right. So, what kind of, well, if not Conor McGregor, what fights make sense for Cerrone at 155? He said he wants to come after Khabib, but there's a Shark Tank at 155 right now, Cowboy. Number 12 at 170 pounds. Can't just jump in. I mean, maybe he can. It's a UFC in 2018. It's WME, IMG. Cerrone can get some huge money fights in this division, but, you know, he has to prove himself. At 155, obviously, I mean, I don't mean to say that as like he hasn't proved himself before, but if he wants to get towards Khabib, he has to fight for the title. He obviously has to beat the title contenders. You know, we've got the Kevin Lees. Um, he's already beaten Edson Barbosa. Um, Ally Quinta, James Vick. You got Justin Gaethje, Showtime Pettis, who has one over him. Uh, Conor McGregor. Obviously, that's a, I mean, I don't see, I don't see anything wrong with that fight. It'll be in- interesting to see how Cerrone fares with Connor. I mean, considering that Cerrone is good on the ground as well as on the feet, and it'll be a good stand-up fight. I mean, Cerrone's not no joke. He could get definitely be one. He was one of the front runners that I felt would be one of the first people to give Connor problems. Um, going back to when Connor was supposed to fight Jose, I think the first time. That was when he fought Chad Mendez. And it was going to either be Anthony Pettis. It was going to either be, I think, it was going to be Anthony Pettis or, um, it was going to be Anthony Pettis or Donald Cerrone. So amongst some of the people that were discussed for Connor's opponent. So, <coughs> excuse me. At the time, I thought maybe Donald Cerrone could be that, what Nate Diaz was. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, it wasn't. It was, uh, yeah, so they ended up picking Nate Diaz. It was Nate Diaz, it was Anthony Pettis, and Donald Cerrone. They went with Nate Diaz. That was the first fight that Connor originally lost, um, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, wait. Yeah, I, I have my shit confused. I'm thinking about him fighting Jose for the featherweight title. That doesn't happen. When when he when he didn't fight Jose, I have all my mis- I have all my shit mixed up. I'm thinking I'm I'm high as fuck right now. I'm trying to think, um, what is it? Cause he, so when he didn't fight Dos Anjos, he fought Diaz. So Diaz was his first loss. Um, yeah, so I, that's what I meant. So he 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 fought Diaz. He lost obviously to Diaz. Um, but. Before, when they were making the opponent potential opponents, it was going to be Showtime, Cerrone, or Diaz, and they went with Diaz. When Rafael Dos Anjos broke his foot and pulled out of his lightweight title fight, when Conor was going to try to drop down or uh, move up and, and win a second belt originally, so it ends up being Diaz. I originally thought Cerrone and Pettis would would pose a more significant threat. I still do think that. So 
all this talk of of Cerrone versus Connor, I mean, I can see where it goes from here. I mean, Connor did say that he wants to fight Khabib again, but if he's not granted an immediate rematch, he will work his way up. He just wants to fight. So uh, I'm 100% behind that fight. I think both men bring an interesting um interesting uh take to it. I think it would do good promotion-wise. I think any fight with Connor does good promotion wise. It's not going to be like a fight with Khabib promotion wise. I mean, Khabib spoke Russian. Uh, Cowboy speaks English. We've seen Cowboy fired up many on many occasions. We've seen him talk a lot of shit. He's been in a lot of the biggest fights in the world. I mean, the Diaz fight was big for him. Um, the, the Pettis fight was big for him. Um, obviously, he's been in a lot of main events. Leon Edwards. He he knocked out Yancy Medeiros. KO'd Matt Brown. Um, Beat the brakes off Rick Story, 170 pounds, and you know just now submitted Mike Perry. Lost to Robbie Lawler, but he's looked fantastic overall. Cerrone, Cerrone's held the record for the most finishes and the most fights in the UFC, multiple time record breaker, Hall of Famer. He's looked great. Potential future fights for him. Um, I don't know who doesn't have a fight right now. Maybe a winner with a Justin Gaethje or something. Maybe the winner of Ally Quinta versus Kevin Lee. If Kevin Lee wins that fight, I think put Kevin Lee versus Donald Cerrone. Put Cerrone right in the mix. Debut him in the lightweight division. That's the hard part. He can't be ranked in two divisions. So it's like he would have already been ranked at 155. And he's, he was, he's been his best at 155. He's been good at 170. I feel there's still potential fights for him at 170. It just have to make sense. Don't put Cerrone in there with the Darren Till. Darren Till was massive compared to Donald. So don't put him in there with those kinds of guys. You just got to find the right fights. I mean, look at the Matt Brown fight. Look at the Yancey Medeiros fight. Look at the Mike Perry fight. He looked good. A lot of people thought he looked so good. Why not stay there? Submitting people at 70, knocking people out at 70, submitting people at 155, knocking them out 155. I mean, you look at the way he, he starts Jim Miller, dude. Cowboy Cerrone is a fucking animal. Try this weed. Let me try this weed real quick. So yeah, it's a fucking Sunday, dude. And real relaxing. Alright. I mean, Mike Perry's still young in the game, so you know he's obviously had some losses to Alan Juban, Santiago Pontanibio, uh and if I'm not mistaken, yeah, just right now, Donald Cerrone, Santiago Pontanibio, um, Donald Cerrone, Santiago Pontanibio, Alan Juban, and somebody else beat him. I know somebody else beat him. Let's, let's look it up. Okay, let's look it up. All right. You hear my annoying texting fucking keypad in the background? Tell loud. Okay, let me pull up Mike Perry's Wikipedia. That's my go-to page for that. I want to see who the last person was that Mike fought. And why I'm doing that, I'm going to light up a joint. Or light up my uh, pipe. I don't smoke joints. I don't know how to roll, so don't fucking... Don't, don't give me shit. 
I just smoke out of a pipe or a bong. Great fights, though. I mean, I have I have yet to watch them. I have, I'm just gonna probably uh, look at some highlights or tune in or uh, go on UFC doc uh, UFC uh, Fight Pass and look at the fights. But um, great fights, great performance, great performances by uh, Ponzinibbio, Calvillo, um, and uh, we got an, I forgot the name of the guy, but he starts Khalil Roundtree Jr. And if you look at Khalil Roundtree, he's the guy that uh, beat. Gokan Saki in his last fight, he knocked him out, knocked out the great legend with a straight left, I think a straight left or a straight right, but yeah, Khalil Roundtree Jr. was on the verge of being one of that those next breakout stars of 2018, 2019, and boom, this guy comes in, I'm gonna look up the name, I know the name, I'm just high, and it's a new name for me, I have to figure it out. It's so fucking annoying, I know. Um, alright. So I mean he's fought in Danny Chocolate Hot Chocolate Roberts um for Perry. He's he beat the brakes off Hung Yu Lim. Um knocked out Jake Allenberger. Knocked out Marco Polo Reyes, if I'm not mistaken. Um Let me see. So oh beat Paul Felder too. Beat Max, oh Max Griffin, yeah that's who that's who it was. Mike Perry has four losses, so it was Max Griffin, Santiago Ponzinibbio, Donald Cerrone, and Alan Juban. Three of those losses are by decision too. One of those are by submission. If I'm not mistaken, that's the first time Mike Perry's been stopped. I didn't think he was going to get knocked out. I just didn't think. I thought he was going to get outclassed. So Mike Perry's four losses. He's still so fucking young in the game. You, you got to realize he was training with his girlfriend before this, before he moved to uh, to Jackson and Wink. And him moving to Jackson and Wink is, is probably the best move he could possibly do. So props to Mike Perry. This 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 is this only brings him higher up in the stock. Because you look at the way he handled it. You look at his celebration. He doesn't seem to be really too upset about it. I mean, he tweeted to Cerrone right after the fight. Um, Mike Perry's Mike Perry's a fun guy. I definitely do enjoy watching him fight. He's definitely one of those guys that I feel once he puts it all together, he definitely can be a huge problem for a lot of the higher upper echelon people at 170 pounds. So, congrats to Cerrone. Congrats to Perry, obviously, for hold, uh, for being as classy as he is. Um, Korean Zombie issued a statement after his last uh, fight with Yair, stating that he was embarrassed and, you know, everything else. You can read the article. I'm really going to get into too much details. But with a fight as excellent as that, he doesn't have anything to be ashamed of. He doesn't have anything at all to be ashamed of. And um, I think it was a fantastic fight. Um, obviously, both men were beat up in that fight. But, you know, heal it up. I'd like to see him back next year. I don't want to see him uh, taking all these crazy breaks. You know, it's fun watching the Korean Zombie fight. He's a main event worthy every single time. And I think that um, it would be fantastic to see him come right back in the middle of maybe maybe summer of 2019 if, he, if he's able to. Along with Dustin Poirier. I'd like to see Dustin Poirier come back too. I think he's coming back. Next early next year. Looking at Johnny Depp right now. There's a magazine right next to me. This is Savage. Savage. The new you the parfum. The R Savage. It's like fucking uh it's fucking uh what is it? It's it's fucking perfume or cologne or something for men. 
Johnny Depp's a handsome man. I don't swing that way, but that is a guy that's aged very well. From just goodness gracious, he's in his mid fifties. But um, anyways, let's get on on. Let's continue it. Um, speaking of title fights, I'm pumped up more than ever for T.J. Dillashaw versus Henry Sudo flyweight title fight due to the fact of get this. Mr. Ariel Helwani having them on his MMA show. Ariel Helwani's MMA show, great show. Find it on Google Podcasts. Find it on, uh, I better stop doing that before this spiced rum bottle falls on my fucking head. Sorry, I was looking up. I was shaking my leg and I looked up and I saw a fucking, uh, bottle. But yeah, Ariel Helwani had a great promo, promo with, them um, with Henry Sudo and TJ Dillashaw. They talked shit to each other on the show, they weren't, like, on at the same time, but they were talking, they had their interviews, both men said stuff, um, Henry Sudo was colorful, TJ was colorful with their words, there weren't any, like, disrespect or anything like that, but, you know, they were just back and forth, and they had everything to say for each other, so, they, they, they sold that fight for me, if you want to go listen to that interview with Henry Sudo, he fired me up, TJ Dillashaw fired me up, definitely should be a huge, interesting fight, I'm very interested to see what happens, because, um, Henry Sudo, I still feel, you know, obviously he's a he's a world champion. He's an Olympic gold medals. He just beat the pound for pound best guy in the world, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Okay, he just beat Mighty Mouse Mighty Mouse blah, 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 blah. Mighty Mouse Johnson, but it wasn't in the most fantastic manner. Split decision, took Mighty Mouse down, held him down, didn't necessarily do anything with the position. Wasn't the most fantastic performance. He looked better against Benavidez than he did against Mighty Mouse. He he didn't look. He, he, he put it all together. He did what he needed to do. At the end of the day, he's a world champion. But stylistically-wise, I think it's fantastic. I think it's an interesting matchup. I, I'm curious to see how Henry handles the unorthodox, you know, the the, the, the quick movement of TJ Dillashaw. You know, the unorthodox angles that TJ makes. You know, the kicks, the unorthodox, unorthodox, unorthodox kicks, the... the Unorthodox, or I can't even speak right now. The unorthodox punches, um, and the movement of TJ. The movement is awkward. You know the way he can level change his takedowns. I mean, look what he did to John Lineker. His angles, his movement, his knees, his punches, his power. Both guys possess power. I just feel TJ has more mileage in a good way. He has more experience. He's been in there with some of the best in the world. I mean, all respects, Henry Cejudo has as well. Old gold medalist. He's a smart guy. He's one of the best coaches in the world. Eric Albarcin, and some of the best coaches and teammates around. Very smart guy. He's looked good. This kind of ties into the fact that I wish the flyweight division would stay because Henry Sudo is a champion, and he, he's a sellable guy. After watching that interview on Ariel's show, I thought definitely it would be fun to have Henry Sudo as a champion. I still would like to see the flyweights around. I want to see who the next baddest man would be. It just doesn't give me as much interest as maybe a, a welterweight division or a 145 or 155, etc. I think Henry Sudo is fantastic. I just don't know if what he brings to the table at where he is in his career so far versus where TJ is versus the technical coaching he's been getting from Dwayne. TJ has some of the best coaches in the world. Dwayne is the best damn coach in the world. So I don't see any reason why TJ should lose this fight. There's nothing that Henry Cejudo does that could be a threat. Maybe a little bit better for a natural wrestler, Olympic level wrestler, gold, gold medalist in the Olympics. TJ never did that. That's a fantastic achievement. Wrestling, 
versus MMA wrestling. This is an MMA fight. It's not a gold medal. It's in wrestling. This isn't wrestling. This isn't in wrestling. This isn't, there isn't any gold medals to be won except the UFC belt. It's an MMA wrestler. Rashad Evans was one of the best MMA wrestlers. Wasn't I mean, he was one of the best wrestlers in college, but he wasn't, you know, he, he was one of the first, I feel, to really mix in the MMA wrestling. Very, very good wrestler. Ryan Bader, great MMA wrestling. Uses uses strikes, uses wrestling perfectly. He uses all that, you know, his pressure, his knees, his grappling. Everybody's grappling. You know, the wrestler's grappler. Wrestling and grappling, you know, on average is the dominant, you know, wrestling and grappling are two of the most dominant, disciplines striking as well but you look at a guy like habib that's able to neutralize strikes people that are fantastic strikers that's why i'm saying grappling and wrestling are amongst two of the most dominant things because you know you can beat the fuck out of striker on the ground and eventually lock in a submission like habib did to connor no 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 shade or anything i'm just saying that's one of the examples but for Henry, I feel that, you know, he's putting it all together right now. He's looked good. His hands have looked better than ever. His movement, his stance has been a little ch- changed a little bit. He's getting a lot better of training. Um, his cardio is excellent. Um, I, I definitely think he can go five rounds with TJ. It's just a matter of if he can figure out the puzzle that TJ brings. It's an interesting fight. TJ hasn't lost in a long time since the Dominic Cruz fight. Essentially been perfect. You know, could have easily beat Cruz. So TJ has been undefeated for years right now, for fights. He's looked good. He said, just if TJ can figure out Henry, it's going to be easier for him. TJ probably has figured out Henry already. It's just that nobody can emulate the style that TJ brings. Nobody. Dominic Cruz is the only other example. TJ emulated his style after Dominic. So what's that tell you? It's hard as far, hard as fuck to train for TJ Dillashaw because he's so awkward. I mean, look at what he did to Henry Morale, who was one of the most promising prospects and one of the most dominant bantamweight champions of all time. Look what TJ did. He came in and beat the brakes off him. Knocks out Joe Soto. Um, beats the brakes off Cody twice. Um, beats the brakes off John Lineker. He had to work his way back up when he lost beat Cody Garbrandt for the belt, beat him in the rematch, has a super fight with Henry now. So it's excellent. I think TJ dropping down is a huge factor for TJ, a huge factor for Henry as well. Could be can play both sides. But for TJ, this gives him an opportunity to be a two-division champion. Just as for the featherweight women's featherweight title fight, Chris Cyborg, Amanda Nunes, for Amanda Nunes, gives her an opportunity to be a two-division champion. This gives TJ an opportunity to be a two-division champion. So these fighters are wanting to make history now, and these are the best opportunities to do it. So I'm all ready to go. This is exciting. I can't wait to see this fight. Alright. Alright, let me see. I'm just trying to see if I got any messages. I'm fucking uh, th- thirsty as fuck right now. 
Need some water or something. Get some water. Ended up getting fucking soda instead. Ugh. Opened up the fridge and seen some soda. I was like, okay, I'll take that instead. But yeah, man, TJ's looked excellent. You know, the, the fact is, you look at how he looked against Cody in the first fight. You look at the way he looked in the rematch. TJ is just improving fight after fight after fight. Uh, and he's going to be a, a huge problem for Henry Cejudo, that's for sure. Anyways, that fight should be great. It should be excellent. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see what happens. Historical for both men. So, sign me up. TJ Joshua versus Henry Cejudo for UFC 233, if I'm not mistaken. just don't know if the UFC has officially announced it yet. They haven't officially announced it, but it's, we, we all know it's going to happen. <sighs> Exciting times, especially for 2019. <sighs> Can hear me lighting. That means I'm lighting a pipe. My breath is. <laughs> you just hear me blowing it right into the fucking microphone. Fights to make in 2019. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna go with freak show fights. It's a fucking cat outside. Um. Hmm, fights to make. I'd like to see Tony versus Khabib. That's my number one fight to make. That's the one fight I want to see. I think both men have, they obviously, have been tied together like a relationship. Been scheduled to fight each other four fucking times. It's fallen through each time. Last time was like the simplest fucking thing to fall through with. And it was like one of the worst fucking things of all time. I've gotten so excited for this fight and been so disappointed. Excuse me. But, you know, how how Khabib's been looking recently. How he's able to stay healthy, not get injured, be consistent. And Tony coming back, looking how good he looked against Pettis. Hence, he would look a lot better against Khabib after after the Pettis fight now because I feel like... He's got a lot more rehab. He's come lot. He's come back. He's looked good. He's got his feet wet yet again. So I think that'll be an excellent fight. Um, Khabib's still waiting the suspension from the Nevada State Athletic Commission or whatever is going to happen. So we can't really sit and realistically match make yet. We can talk about it. We can we can campaign for it. We can we can break it all down. But in reality, that's not going to happen. So we know what happens with the with the commission. So I think Connor and Khabib have had extended suspension, so we don't really know what's going to be going on with that so far. Okay, we're going to skip that because we already talked about that. Like I said, I think Henry represents the flyweight division very well. Um, Obviously, you got Sergio Pettis in there. We got Juicy Formiga. You got... uh. Is it sad that I can't think of him? Joseph Benavidez, Ray Borg, obviously. Shout out to Ray Borg. 
and and his and his beautiful son going through all that surgeries and you know buy the t-shirts if you can i will i will probably uh put in an order to buy one it's 11 11 by the way make a wish but yeah um a lot of exciting flyweights just not enough steam so i'd say ratings wise is the lowest out of all the rankings maybe maybe women's ranking maybe women's uh featherweight rankings is pretty low since there hasn't been too many featherweight fights who knows i could be wrong but yeah so i i think it would be cool to have the flyweight division closed i mean not closed i think it would cool be cool to keep it open but if it is closed i will completely understand you know i understand i understand it's business i understand it's a moving organization with moving parts and they got to make it keep going that's all they got to keep doing is keep going <laughs> <laughs> So, as you know, unfortunately, Stan Lee passed away, but that does not take away from his legacy, man. He would want us to be celebrating his life. I mean, for fuck's sakes, the Avengers, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, you name it, man. He's done it all. I have, a, I have all my Avengers sets right in front of me. I'm looking right at Thanos. I have the Thanos, I have Iron Man, I have Captain America, Black Panther, another Iron Man. I have the Avengers, Age of Ultron, uh, coloring set. Um, I've got Iron Man picture on the wall. i got the movies. I'm a hardcore Marvel fan. Stan Lee was a godfather. It was real sad. It was real sad to see it, you know, because, you know, it just, you know, we care about these people. They're responsible for these legacies. So as fans, we're going to be tired. We're going to be sad. We're going to hurt. Uh, we're going to hurt over this. And it's an unfortunate news, but, you know, he did his time. He did what he needed to do. And, you know, he, he left a legacy. I'm pretty sure Stan would not want anyone sitting here mourning him and you know missing him he lived till he's almost 100 years old good fucking good 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 god he lived a fucking great life so i don't think we should spend any time mourning mourning him when he when i feel that he would want us to to sit there and you know appreciate everything that he's done and you know celebrate it you know avengers 4 comes out next next year it's exciting um Captain Marvel. That's coming out. Um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Next year. We got a lot of exciting times. In, in, this, in the Marvel world. <coughs> I just had some... Pop some resin in my fucking mouth. Good fucking God. Ew. That was fucking gross, bro. My, yeah, my pipe doesn't have a filter, but hey, you put big ass p pieces of weed on there, you don't have to worry about it. Versus if you like grind it up and shit. If you if you get what I mean. You, we, we've all been there. Um, Hold on. I'm just trying to fucking make sure there's no... No more gross ass shit in here. That was fucking gross, bro. That was some disgusting shit. Blech. That shit was fucking disgusting. 
Okay. Oh, I think. Put that back in there. Okay. Yeah, that shit was gross, bro. I don't even want to use this pipe no more. <laughs> That's just fucking gross. <laughs> I don't know if <clears throat> I don't even know if we ever have resin in your mouth. That's that shit's gross. Anyways, sorry for my little incident. Yoel Romero versus Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva, good go good goodness, Romero wants to beat up an old legend. I don't approve of this fight. I don't think it's a good fight for Silva. I just think that where Romero's at and where Anderson's at, as crazy as how close their ages are, Romero is he's younger in, in mixed martial arts, damage-wise. Obviously, that fight with Rudiger took a lot of damage, but when it comes to... I mean, Anderson's not anywhere near done. I just don't think it's a good fight for Anderson based off where Anderson is. I'm not saying that he's not going to be competitive. I'm not saying he can't. But good God, Romero hits like a truck. So why the fuck would you want to have somebody that hits like a truck fight somebody? You know, Anderson still has questionable chin now because he has been knocked out. Obviously by Chris Weidman. It's a new age. It's a new game. It's not as the same as it used to be. It's a lot different. Very curious to see if that fight is is to come together. I think a more a more sellable fight for Romero right now and for the UFC is Romero versus Costa. I think physically, I think stylistically, both men are very similar. Obviously, Romero being a lot more gifted with wrestling, Olympic level wrestler. You know, very light on his feet, very fast, able to close the distance, knock out power in his hands and his feet and his knees. Look what he did to Luke Rockhold. Good fucking God. Romero's a beast. He's put on two fantastic fights with Robert Whitaker. Um, he knocked out Leona Machida. He's knocked out Derek Brunson. Beaten Jacare. Arguably could be the, the, the champion if Whitaker wasn't there. Who's to say he can't be Whitaker? He had him in all sorts of trouble in both fights. So Romero's real good. That's for damn sure. Just how good is this Paul Costa guy? That's what I'm trying to think. I mean, looking at it, he's good. He he beat Johnny Hendricks, as uncomfortable as I feel saying that. Beat Uriah Hall. Beat some other good guys. He's not, he's knocked them out. Physically, he's a huge specimen. He's a devastating, obviously very handsome guy. Probably one of the best looking Brazilians in all of all of MMA. And you know, he's a fantastic fighter. Has a lot of promise. Knockout power. Physically looks like the Brazilian version of Romero. So he has a huge fight. He's a huge, uh, he has a huge, definitely a huge following in Brazil. Huge following in the United States. A lot of promise, a lot of power, a lot of great looks. Physically, um, been accused of a 
performance enhancers, obviously. If you look at his physique, just Google a picture of Apollo uh, Costa, you will see what I'm mentioning on any picture, I guarantee. Um, and Romero, obviously, same thing. Big physical, his physicality. Very interesting to see how, uh, if this fight happens and how Paulo Costa can handle the explosiveness of Romero and how they both fare because they're both explosive machines. Moving on. Preview of Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday. Let's see. Let me text back real quick. For the, for the podcast listeners, like the audio listeners, which is the only audio, all only listeners I have are audio listeners, but it's just like you get a moment of silence and you don't hear me talking. I'm, I apologize. My bad. All right. So Thanksgiving, I bought my turkey already. Um, you know, we have stuffing, um, ham, pretty sure we have some ice cream too. I think we're gonna have uh, mashed potatoes. Um, obviously I got some stuffing for the turkey to put in the turkey, which is also very exciting. I can't wait. Um, and let's see what else. Um, we might get drunk too, actually. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't have any, I don't buy alcohol this year. Maybe not. <laughs> I've been having a lot more fun lately than I should be, but, uh, yeah, we're just going to relax. Um, have a good time with family. Maybe listen to some good music. That's what I'm going to do after this podcast, actually listen to some good music and continue to get stoned. I've been getting stoned this entire podcast, just so you guys know. I just, I, I, I just want people to know. I have a personality. I'm a chill guy. I'm a really relaxed person if you, if you actually sit, sit down and listen. It's just I'm better when it comes to talking with people. I'm good with breaking shit down. I'm like the black version of Joe Rogan. Pretty sure. Younger version, at least. Very smart. Very, very um, gifted with a lot of different things. I have a massive love for the sport of mixed martial arts. I have a massive love of, of science. I have a lot a, a lot of love for motivational things, quotes, relationship advice, counseling. I, you know, arguably could be going to school for counseling, being a counselor. Very good with, 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 with positivity, self-talk internal things, spiritual things. I'm just very, very intelligent when it comes to a lot of things. And I think I bring a lot of promise and a lot of gifts to this world. I'm not just speaking to them high. I'm just saying because it's true. Right? So like I said, we're not doing anything for Thanksgiving really, except just chill out the house, have fun, have the family over. Everybody pitched in. It's kind of like a Thanksgiving potluck, which is going to be a fuck fest of different amazing food. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. So Thanksgiving on Thursday. For sure. For sure. I can't wait. I can't wait for that shit. That's for sure. It's always the best, especially if you smoke. If you're if, you get, if you're always high all the time, you're going to enjoy that shit. And it's, for, it's fun. I can't describe a time when it's, it's like Thanksgiving for people, that, for stoners. That's like Christmas for stoners. <laughs> That's for sure. <coughs> all right. 51 minutes in. For anybody that doesn't know, I mention it a lot. 
We are available on Spotify Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, iTunes Podcast, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, Podbay, Podbean, Player.fm, and CastBox. Also, you can listen to our show directly at anchor.fm slash show. Good shit. Continue. All right. Moving on to some more MMA outside of the UFC, outside of Bellator. No one championship. It is Golden Boy MMA's first show with headliners. Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell facing off for the third time. What the fuck kind of matchup is this? Hey, I love it though. I think it's interesting. That's what everyone was thinking. What the fuck kind of matchup is this? Why is Chuck coming back? Um, why are they doing this? What's the point of it? Tito's lost to him twice. Chuck, you beat him twice. If you lose to Tito, what's going to happen? There's just so many different questions. I don't know which one to start with. Except that for Tito, I love Tito. Tito is one of the first fighters I really started to follow in mixed martial arts. And one of the first people I really started to enjoy when it comes to trash talk and all that shit, to believe it or not. Um, you know, I think for Tito, this is an opportunity to really show how good he's gotten since the Chuck fight. Obviously, he's had his ups and downs since the Chuck fight, if you want to talk UFC days. But ever since he's been in Bellator, he's looked a lot better. He's beat, he beat Chael Son in his last fight. He looked good. Um, if you look at Chael, where Chael was in the heavyweight tournament, it really showed how good Tito was. And, you know, Tito coming back, injury-free, looks good, looks good in training, packs punch in training, looks very good. Uh, great wrestling, great ground and pound as usual. Um, it just matter. Chuck looks thick. Thick like a Snickers, dude. He looks thick. He looks powerful as well. Now, people are talking about Chuck's training videos and stuff for the open workouts. I actually didn't see them, so I'm not able to make a quick judgment on that. But you don't want to, you don't want to judge that. I think that if Chuck wants to, he can put the pressure on Tito. Um, Chuck's a fantastic wrestler as well. So, you know, I think Tito's wrestling won't necessarily be too much of a problem. Chuck hits very hard. Tito has been, Tito has been known to prone to getting hurt with punches and, and stopped. Um, you know, the Noguera fight, obviously, um, the the Noguera fight where he was stopped, um, the Rashad fight, um, and obviously, you know, the Forrest Griffin fight, he was just outpointed, first time Tito won, second time Forrest won, third time Forrest won, beat Ken Shamrock, Tito's beating a lot of great guys at his time. You know, it's crazy to see that Tito was say that Tito was fighting in 2018, 2019. As it, but it's a lot more crazier for Chuck. I'm more, I'm a little bit more nervous for Chuck. But then again, he does bring up some valid points. Um, I don't want to say that Chuck's prime was a very, very long time ago, and hence like 2010, maybe 2011. No, maybe before he lost when he started to get knocked out. His last knockout loss to Rich Franklin was at back at UFC. Uh, one fifteen. When he, when he was winning, he could have won that fight with Rich. Get, comes in recklessly in like last seconds of the first round, gets caught with a, like a, a close shot. I think it was left right hand or something. When he came running, he got clipped coming in, and he got starched. And then that that notched the third knockout loss in a row for Chuck Liddell. 
the Shogun fight. I think it was the Rashad fight. No, the, the Rampage, Shogun, and uh, Rich Franklin, I think, who were the one, three people that starched him. And, you know, Chuck at one point in time could walk through those shots. He could literally walk through those shots like they were nothing. And now, boom, Chuck gets knocked out with the straight left. Boom, Chuck gets le- knocked out with the leaping left hook. Boom. Chuck gets knocked out with the overhand right. I'm not describing all the ways he got knocked out. He did get knocked out with a, a looping, I think, left hook by Shogun. But, um, but yeah, you know, Chuck's chin was gone for a long time, a long time ago. I feel like, in a way, it has. It's very interesting because he hasn't fought in a long, long time since 2011, and so it's like seven years. Yeah, Chuck's been gone for a long time. Tito just retired last year, I think, in 2017, if not, I'm not mistaken. Um, but for me. It's interesting because Chuck had, um, you know, people have said his chin is gone. He can't take a shot no more. He's going to be knocked out left and right. He's punch drunk. And now he's coming back. I don't know if this is a one-off for Chuck. Tito said it's a one-off for him. I believe him. Um, he talked about a third fight with Chuck for a long time, too. So, um, But for Chuck, I just really want to know where his health is. You know, obviously, he can have all the, possess all the skills. He's feeling good. He's a fighter. Um, these they promised them, promised them both the biggest paydays of their career. I do believe that will happen. Um, Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy Promotions is one of the most successful boxing promotions there is. De La Hoya is very, very um, obviously he's very new to MMA and stuff. This is his first MMA show. Usually, I think uh, there's a couple of uh, names on that card: Jason Tebow, Efrain Escadero, as well. And there's Tito and the Chuck at the headliner. So it's like a boxing card, kind of. Um, uh, by the way, I think you can get that for nineteen ninety nine still if people want to buy it. Or if you want to illegally stream it. Whatever one you choose. I don't advocate for both either. Um, for any illegal streaming, I think you should purchase it. It's a pay-per-view. Have some wings. Have some beer. Watch two old-timers come come in and fight each other. Um, but yeah, for, for Chuck, like I was saying... Final final thoughts on this. Um, it's just interesting to really see, you know, maybe that seven years was the best time ever. He, he doesn't get knocked out. He doesn't get hit in the head. He wasn't getting beaten up. Maybe give his time, his chin, time to recover. Maybe the game passed him by real early and gets starched by Tito. Tito, maybe Tito might just come in and starch him. Chuck claims to, well, has he's knocked Tito out twice. He stopped Tito twice. So maybe Chuck has a point. Maybe Chuck can just come back. And, and do just enough to stop Tito. Or maybe this is going to be a hell of a crazy night for Chuck. I feel Chuck is very strong. I still Chuck. I still believe Chuck possesses a power. The last thing to leave is a power, that's for sure. Um, Chuck was getting hit clean. I think Chuck can take a punch still, for sure. Hopefully, my accusations are correct. I do think he can still take a punch. Tito hasn't really been known to be a volume puncher, like a hard puncher, like a power puncher, like Ryan Bader or a, a Rampage Jackson or something. But, you know, I feel Tito can crack too. So it, this could easily be a good night for Tito or it can be the other way around. It just it just really depends on which fighter shows up. It's excellent. Tito has wrestling. Tito has pressure, obviously. Like I said, his ground and pound is wrestling is some of the best ever. So Tito could come in instead of sending, instead of trying to strike with Chuck, 
You should initiate some takedowns. Pressure him up against the cage. You've been in the cage last since last year. You haven't been in the cage since last year. Chuck hasn't been in the cage since 2011. The game has changed. And Tito has evolved with the game more than Chuck has. So I feel that... Look how pumped up I'm getting. Tito uses his wrestling. You can use it to clinch up with, with, with Chuck. He can use it to, to wear Chuck out. He can use it to take Chuck down. Chuck's been taken down before. You can use it to take him down again. You implement a different style for Chuck. He's a striker. Use your wrestling. You have great wrestling. Arguably, Tito's uses wrestling better and more effectively than Chuck has using it defensively. Very interesting. Very interesting fight. Especially because it's new age MMA. A lot of new coaching. New, new, new ways of coaching. This isn't Tito training, training for Chuck back in 2003 or whatever the fuck. The early 2000s. No, it's 2019-2018 era. Still. Until December's over. Great, 2018 at least. But um, it's, it's going to be a different game. So it's a different game. So there's there's benefits and there's non-benefits. I don't know what the opposite word for... Like, there's benefits and there's, there's risks. There's risks and benefits involved for both parties. For, for Tito, he can come in easily get a win over Chuck. He's been in the game... He's been in the cage a lot more frequently than Chuck has. For Chuck, this could be a nightmare. Or it could end up being the easiest payday of his life. If he knocks out Tito, he has his number. He knows what Tito's going to do. And But for Tito, if Tito's able to implement a game plan that's updated, in a way, and you only use something, do something that Ch- he's never done against Chuck and something Chuck wouldn't expect as he uses wrestling. He's a lot more wrestling. Chuck has great de- takedown defense. But if you make him work, if you push him up against the cage, you initiate takedowns against the fence like Habib does, it's essentially going to be perfect. If, you, if you're able to utilize him, chain it all together, it's quickly enough to where you're not getting tagged coming in or something like that. You know, Tito can get tagged by Chuck. Chuck has hands. For sure, Chuck packs punch still. If anything, old man strength is what's going to win him the fight. That's for sure. I feel like Chuck could easily thwart Tito's takedowns off for sure. For damn sure. It's an excellent fight. It's very interesting. I'm very curious to see how this is going to come out. It's very interesting. So I can't wait. Moving on. All right. Fantasy MMA trades. We are doing this live. So so they trade Ben Askren for for Demetrius Johnson. Okay. Who would I like to see that's on the way out? Maybe we get Alistair Overeem to Bellator for Fedor in the UFC. Boom. There we go. Look at that fucking, look at that shit. Look at that fucking shit. Yes, look at that fucking shit. That was a great trade. Alistair Overeem for Fedor. Uh, we get Fedor in the UFC. Fedor would probably look good in the UFC because, you know, Fedor has been one of those guys, you know, that at one point in time looked like he was on the downslope. I mean, the Fabio fight, um, the Matt Mitrion fight. You know, him getting beaten like that. Now he's fighting Ryan Bader. Good Goodness gracious. Maybe after he fights Ryan Bader, we can discuss a potential trade. Alistair Overeem's fantastic kickboxer. Um, you know, had some fun fights with Brock Lesnar. You know, the fight with uh, Roy Nelson, Frank Mir. He's fought for the title. Knocked down the champion of the world at the time, Steve Miocic. You know, had a share of knockout losses in the UFC. Went on that losing streak, potentially almost being cut by the UFC when he beat before he beat Frank Mir. 
He's done it all. He hasn't been a UFC champion yet, nor do I think he will be. Um, but maybe he can juice back up in Bellator, reunite with Scott Coker, and have some fun fights in Bellator cage or kickboxing cage. That would be fun. Avengers lost against Bigfoot Silva in Japan. Just juice to the gills. How fucking awesome would that be, dude? If not Alistair Overy, maybe like Cain Velasquez or something. Because I mean, if you look at Bellator, Bellator is based in San Jose. He's under contract, obviously, but if they were to trade, trade Bellator. You know, Bellator is based out of San Jose. You know, Scott Coker, the main man, is from Bellator. Strike Force, obviously, was was uh, San Jose most of the time. Josh Thompson was a part of it. And, you know, it was a Scott Coker era and, and Strike Force. So why would it be associated with Cain Velasquez? Cain Velasquez could easily be a contender and one of the best heavyweights, if not the, the baddest man in the UFC or in the Bellator cage. It's a matter of time to see if Cain can come back. I do hear it's negotiation issues and stuff going on there. And the UFC maybe is not offering fights, but you know, I think Cain Velasquez does post a huge staple outside and inside the UFC if the UFC chooses to make peace with them instead of um, letting him stay on the sidelines. He hasn't fought since the UFC 200. So maybe like uh, Cain Velasquez for Fedor or something like that. That would be pretty cool. And Cain's done it all. Obviously, his last fight with Verdum. Um... His loss, his first, his, his loss of his belt. Or no, his last fight was a, excuse me, my bad. UFC 200 when he beat the brakes off Travis Brown, my bad. But um, that would be that's two of my that's my t- fantasy trade. Um, maybe yeah yeah. So I think um, yeah, Cain Velasquez for Fedor. That would be cool. It'd be fun to see them fight each other. But that would be my trade. Um, obviously, Kelvin Gaslam versus Robert Whitaker is an excellent fight. I can't wait to see that one. Um, really curious to see how Kelvin stacks up with Whitaker. Really curious to see how Whitaker um goes against uh Kelvin. Obviously, Whitaker I feel like has more power in the pop and his punches and a better technique. Kelvin's a lot flatter on his feet. He has obviously holds power to nowhere near the power of Romero. So it's gonna be interesting to see what Kelvin is able to do to you know intimidate Robert to really pose any threats. You know, his great takedown defense. He has great takedown defense. Obviously, Robert showed great, phenomenal takedown defense against Yoel Romero both times in their fights. And he he went, went in that first fight with the blown-out knee because Romero stomped on it in, early in that first round. And, you know, obviously, Romero is one of the best wrestlers, if not the highest-credentialed wrestler in the UFC. Other than Ben Askren. <laughs> but... You know, he was able to stop those, so I don't think Kelvin can do anything to him when it comes to wrestling. You know, obviously, it's a different fight, different fighter, puts it together differently. And I think it's a different kind of fight. Not saying you can't take him down, but I think it's a completely different fight. Robert's been at the top. He's fought the highest wrestler, highest level wrestler. And... And I don't think that Kelvin brings any dangers to the point like a Romero would, like when it comes to power and, you know, devastation, the way Romero is. But I think it's a, it's a viable challenge. It's a very technical challenge. Kelvin has great boxing. He has great footwork. He has great movement. Um, and 
I think he's going to pose a lot of problems. He's a younger, fresher matchup for, for Robert. Um, we'll see how Robert comes back from the, the fights with Romero due to taking a lot of damage. Obviously, he's been out for a little bit now. He's had some time to recover, but just really see where both of them are. Um, obviously, after taping the t- tough show and stuff, now they're slated to fight each other. So that'll be excellent. I can't wait to see that. Um after this podcast by the way uh, we're already hour in so um last last thing on the list is uh the the shows the amount of shows the usc puts out per year i think it's it's fun i think we shouldn't go without excellent fights i think the train is always moving i think we need new stars as much as possible i think we need to have fights this is like the nfl 24 7 we get the usc 24 7 we get mma 24 7 365 days a year not not literally but like we get a majority of mma there's not going to be a huge time time period where we go out go without fights maybe a couple weeks or so but not nothing too crazy so we still get a good amount of fights that's for sure it's not like we go without fights i think for for eight weeks straight we have ufc so i mean last we just wrapped up with ponzinibbio Versus Magni and last week Korean Zombie versus uh Yeah <coughs> <coughs> yeah <Yair> Rodri <coughs> Fuck. That was a crazy fucking hit. <coughs> and if I'm not mistaken actually, I do think that we do have another fight card this weekend. Thanksgiving weekend. My eyes are so fucking red. Um, yeah, so we have one this weekend too. So it's really exciting. Let's see. Let's pull it up. UFC.com. Let's see. Good weed, by the way. It's homegrown. I feel like our shows are more ecstatic when I'm stoned. They're more, they're more chill. Like they're more relaxed. You know, we're just we're sitting here relaxed. We're chilling. We're having a good time. Ain't nothing wrong with that shit. That's for sure. We're just relaxing. I want you. I want to get. I want you guys to get to know me. In the podcast world, in the mixed martial arts world, I'm a fun guy. I like. I like fun shit. I like to chill. I like to relax. I like to smoke. I like to have fun also like to work hard as well so don't think i'm just completely fuck off that hops online and does that i work very hard to for, to provide for everything that i do very committed very loyal very patient very fun entertaining outspoken very fun guy not just sitting here talking about myself to make myself feel good that's generally what it what it's been i want you guys to get to have the, to have the full experience full experience why is my phone being so fucking slow right now oh my god Okay, let me see. Uh, but yeah, after this, we should be signing off. Cool background, by the way. It's a cool-ass background. You should see my background on my phone. Just got asked, what do I want for Christmas? 
I didn't know I was still get things for Christmas. Okay. Um, I just really want to see what the last fight card is, and then we'll get out of here. I'll get out of your ears. I know I'm annoying. We've been on the air for like an hour and ten minutes, so. Podcast will be up maybe like tomorrow. Maybe tonight. Depends. If I want to go and upload it because it's fucking cold. It's cold to do anything today. So probably 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 be up later on. Thank you guys for joining in. We're not going anywhere just yet. Just want this to load real quick. And like I said, we'll be back every single week. Got an interesting week coming. Personally, in my own life, very interesting week. Brand new job. Brand new experience. Um, great fights coming up. Got a lot of stuff to do when it comes to the show. Um, doing a lot of things behind the scenes for the show and, and coming up with a lot of new ideas, a lot of new techniques, and a lot of new things to do. So we're going to have a lot of new things coming up for sure. Definitely enjoy it. I can just look on Twitter. I can find faster on Twitter than I can on the fucking internet. It's going so slow. Um, let me see. Great win for Santiago Ponzinibbio, though. Definitely. Huge star. Definitely has some pop in his punches. Definitely is a huge star. Ah, okay, here we are. UFC Beijing. Francis Ngannou versus Curtis Reza Blaze. Saturday, November 24th, live on UFC Fight Pass. So that's the next fight card, um, November 24th. That is next week. No, November 24th is this week. It's Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving weekend. Let me see. How many days from there? From now? November 24th. Yeah, that's this weekend. So it's fight week. Blades versus Nganu 2. Francis Nganu defeated Curtis Blades by uh, Dr. Stoppage in the first fight. Um, Francis, ever since then, has seen... Lost two fights in a row. One to the former champ, heavyweight title fight, um, Stipe Miocic, and recently just lost his last fight due to Derek fought Derek Lewis in the most uneventful fight in heavyweight history. So it'll be interesting to see. I think Curtis Blades has Ngannou's number. I think he's a much better fighter than he was when he fought Ngannou. Ngannou was on fire. He's very strong. He's very powerful. Possesses some of the hugest power punches I've ever seen. That fight with Alistair Overing. That will forever be in history as one of the best knockouts in heavyweight. UFC heavyweight or MMA history for sure. The way Alistair hit Alex's head would pop. Popped right back like a fucking Pez dispenser. Dominic Cruz said, I think. But um, definitely we'll see how Ngannou comes back. Um, definitely didn't seem like himself in his last fight because it was very tentative. He was very hesitant um, you know, because of his fight with Stipe. And Stipe kind of got to do that because, you know, he had never fought a guy like Stipe. So when he fought a guy like Stipe, it was a different kind of fight for him. He threw everything he had at Stipe. Stipe was able to take it. He was able to use his chin. He was obviously was able to, uh, you know, had a great chin. His chin held up. He was able to wrestle him. He was able to take him down. He was able to outgrapple him. And he, he suffocated him. He made him have the worst night of his life. So that, that was a learning experience for Nganu. But, you know, now that he's fought Derek Lewis and looked bad against Derek Lewis, pressures are, pressure is out on him. Both of those guys look bad. So there's really, there's no stalemate. Just he had one bad fight. 
like you got beaten up, it's not like you got knocked out, it's not like you got submitted, it's all good, UFC in Beijing, it's all good, but Bladis, if he can stop, Bladis takedowns will be interesting, Bladis can obviously mix him up very well, and he's obviously very strong, he possesses a lot of power, but so does Ngannou, so that's what makes this a very fun fight, and it's in China, UFC always delivers when it comes to China, so it's going to be real exciting to see that, Um, that is it for us though, um, like I said, congrats to all that won. Really, Yair Rodriguez looked absolutely fantastic. And that elbow, one of the best comebacks, if not the best comeback in UFC history. Obviously, Cerrone still got that. You see the submission victory. Beautiful, straight armbar. You know, nasty, nasty armbar by Cerrone. If you've seen his, his uh, facial expression after the fight, looked like a savage. Um... Obviously, uh, TJ Dillshaw, Henry Cejudo, obviously can't wait for that fight. Um, congrats to uh, everybody that won. Santiago Ponzinibbio makes it one, makes this case for one step, uh, making this case for you, uh, once being one step closer for a, t- a shot at the champ. Tyron Woodley uh, with the win over uh, uh, Neil Magny. Neil Magny seeming to handle the loss with praise. Um giving props to Santiago Pontimbo being very respectful. Neil's a very classy guy. He's had some big wins in his career. Um, you know, beat Carlos Condit in one of his last fights and uh, beat Calvin Gaslam as well. He's fighting for the world title at, at Midway. So that's a, that's a feather in his cap for sure. Um, I think Neil is a type of guy that may, maybe he should move up, for, for example. I think maybe he should move up. He has a huge frame. He's very thick. I feel he would have a lot of power and a lot of pop at 185 pounds, he's a big guy, he's a thick guy, and, you know, he's been fighting for a while, and you see, he's been fighting for a very, very long time, I remember when he fought John Manley, that was one of the first fights I seen him fight, so Neil has a lot, you know, Neil's very fun to watch, I love Neil, I love watching Neil fight, Neil's fantastic, he has a chin, he's come back from big, uh, from, from, he's been hurt, he's come back, he's come back to win, the way he beat Hector Lombard, he beat Hector Lombard, he beat the fuck out of Hector Lombard on the ground, um, he was able to outlast Kelvin Gastelum, um, and he beat Carlos Condit, it wasn't one of the most fantastic fights, but he did beat Condit, um, Magni, he has went over to win over Tim Means, he looked fantastic, he, he's a great fighter, he, 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 he's skilled in all areas, I enjoy watching Neil fight, he's very respectful, obviously served in the army, very, very respectful guy, and, you know, I enjoy watching him fight, so, heal up Neil, um, you know, very tough guy, very, very durable guy, being able to last in there with a beast like Ponzinibbio when your legs are almost buckling from those nasty kicks and stuff, so, all respects to everybody that fights inside of a cage anyway, so, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in, you know where to find me at G Meeker MMA on Twitter and Instagram, facebook.com slash gabybaby123, facebook.com slash Hernandez. more notably follow me on Instagram and Twitter because I'm more active on there more than anything, at G Meeker MMA for both Handles, follow our show page at DG Meeker MMA Show for both on Twitter, G Meeker MMA Show at on Instagram. Excuse me. Excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. At G Meeker MMA Show on Instagram as well. Uh, one more time, we are available on Spotify. Our podcast is available on iHeartRadio. Player.fm, Podbay, Podbean, Castbox, Google Play, Podcasts. No, Google Play, Music, Podcasts. I think it's called Google Play. Yeah, Google Play. 
Google Play Music, whatever you want to call it. Google Podcasts as well. Great app. I use it also too on my phone. So it's pretty interesting. But last time, last but not least, G Meeker and May out, baby. We'll be back next week, ladies and gentlemen. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.